seems like another lifetime ago when we were planning to have our big 90th birthday party. Someone had the opportunity to win $90,000 and then, boom, lockdown and it's all been put on hold. But Marg Wade from Canberra Secrets, she knows where all the secrets are, um, has done a bit of research on, on TCA and now very early beginnings of the first radio station in Canberra. Good morning, Marg Wade. Good morning. How are you? Oh, yeah, good. We are well. And, in fact, I'm just having a look at the picture uh, on the Canberra page. There's a picture of classic 2CA. We've had a couple of buildings over the years. You put a bit of research into some of the story behind it and, and the comments people had of in the early days going into 2CA and some of the competitions they used to run and some of the prizes they used to get. It's been fantastic. Um, that picture, how did you find that? Well, I found it in the National Archives. And the National Archives doesn't have a whole lot of pictures, but it's got a few of, of the various um, broadcasting houses of 2CA. And, of course, 2CA was started by Albert John, known as Jack Ryan, and he was an electrical fitter with the PMG before he enlisted in the AIF in um, 1918. And so he received training in the wireless training school so in 1931, he was awarded a broadcast licence to operate Canberra's first radio station, which was 2CA. Yes! Wow. It, it thanks, thanks Jack, first... for the job, by the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was one of the first licences issued to country radio stations. And um, the, the, ra- the station operated from his shop, which was AJ Ryan's Radio Electrical and Musical Service, and it had two transmitter masts mounted on the roof. And uh, the power was 50 watts to start with. I bet it would be a, wow. a lot now. Oh. Yeah, well, here we are in our, like our, so. our flashy new building here in, Beautiful in, new in building. Canberra. It is, it is. It's fantastic. But they, they're still, there's still a team out the back peddling to keep the power up. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some things good? have changed. Uh, Marg, not a lot. Now, the other thing is, and Jen's raised this, I've often thought about doing this, is tracing um, your family history. And as long as we're in lockdown, we've got a lot of time on our hands. Um, is, there, is there some tips on how you can start that process? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's um, two, two starting points. One, are records that are held, held by state government, like births, deaths and marriages. So if you're tracing great-uncle Ernie... And you know who's born in New South Wales. You'd go to the New South Wales births, deaths and marriages. And if you knew that great uncle Ernie served in World War One, you'd go to the National Archives because they've got the whole digitised um, World War One military service records. Um, and so you can check them out. And they're fascinating reading, actually. Mm. Um, but if your family came from overseas, like my parents did, you can also, at the National Archives, they've got all the immigration records and they've got all the arrivals on microfiche. So wow. it's um, really fascinating when you go and you can check out your family's arrivals. You actually see their names on, on the files. Um, you can also, the National Archives also holds um, immigration records and um, citizenship records. And I, when I tracked my parents, um, I couldn't find their immigration records because it wasn't a great deal because they paid their own way when they came to Australia rather than going in the assisted package. But what I did find was a fantastic file 
of um, their application for Australian citizenship. Wow. And in that file, I actually found a handwritten letter from my father who had apologised for uh, not surrendering his Dutch passport in the package of stuff that had been posted off the previous day. He'd obviously discovered he didn't have his passport in that lot and had to send it later. And so I found that letter saying, please herewith find my passport. But what made that really moving? And this is what happens when you start tracking family history. You find these little snippets that really just rock you because um, I was holding this letter that my father had written and he died when I was 10. And I remembered his handwriting. I remembered his signature. And to actually hold that letter was really spectacular. So people, if they've got stuff to, you know, time on their hands, check out the National Archives website, check out what they've got. If documents don't come up, you talk to the staff. And, um, you know, not everything's digitised, of course, Mm. as we know. We've heard in the media recently about, you know, how they're trying to get everything digitised. It takes time and and money. And so, um, yeah, you just... um, you know, follow those, follow those um, paths, and and it's a start. Fantastic. Oh, well, that's all all fun and games till you find out that you know Uncle Ernie was a drunken old rat bag who was made famous in a Benny Hill song. You know that that can be that can be a bit, <laughs> but, you know, a bit, a bit of a worry. People would hide the fact that you know great Uncle Ernie, great 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 Uncle Ernie might have been a convict, but these days people want to find that sort of yeah. thing in their record. Yeah, I don't mind. At some level, you know, we've all immigrated to Australia. That's right. yeah. So, That's hey, um, Margie, thank you very much yeah. for that. And uh, you're very welcome. Good on you. See, Marg knows all Canberra secrets, and uh, including ours. <laughs> Unfortunately, disturbingly. <laughs>